Hi, welcome to the Carnivore Stories podcast with me, Alyssa Grubner. The carnivore way of eating completely transformed my life. And it's stories just like the ones you'll hear on this podcast that kept me going every step of the way. I hope you're ready to hear an inspirational carnivore story. I know I am, but first, let me tell you about the meat-tastic t-shirts I have for sale on my spring store. It's a great opportunity for you to become a walking billboard, if that's what you're into. And it's a great opportunity for you to support your new favorite podcast. You can find a link to the spring store in my bio on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I'll also put a link to the store in this video's description on YouTube. So check it out and get some carnivore swag. Welcome to episode 24 of the Carnivore Stories podcast. Today, I am joined by Misty Marcus. Misty is a 50-year young artist and musician living in Knoxville, Tennessee. She's the host of the Love Style Show on YouTube, where she's sharing her health journey. And you can find her music at blackeyedsoul.com and also on all streaming platforms. And you can connect with Misty on Instagram at Misty love style. Thank you so much for joining me today, Misty. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I was, I'm super excited to have you on this morning. I actually got a chance to listen to some of your music and I am so oh. impressed. Um, so I found it on Spotify and, uh, is, so is it a husband and wife thing? Yeah, um, it's just the two of us right now. We've done the whole band thing in the past um, with all the different members coming and going over about 23 years now. And now we've decided to just uh, be recording artists lately, just he and I, Andrew and myself. Oh, that is so awesome. Um, and so I heard, I think it was on... Um, don't waste away. Were you the backup vocals then? And your husband was the main vocals. Yeah. Just the two of us. We just layer yeah. on top of each other. And um, luckily nowadays, okay. that's very, very easy. Yeah. Yeah. And do you play any, any instruments? You play guitar, drums? I actually play keyboards. I'm the keyboardist. Okay. Yeah. And Andrew, you know, he is multi-talented and um, he plays most of the other instruments. I do a little accordion, some harmonica, and I help produce quite a bit because, of course, when he's playing the instrument, someone has to run the show and tell him what to do, what to keep, what to redo, you know, oh, take yeah. two. So that would be me. So I'm doing more producing these days um, than actually multi-instrumental stuff like Andrew likes to do. So. Um, producing has been a challenge for me and, and something I'm sinking my teeth into. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That is so cool. Misty. I was like, I was like, she is really out here doing it. That it's beautiful music and anyone listening 
absolutely go and check them out. You won't regret it. I, I put it on because I was like, okay, I want to listen to your music. And I found myself just to keep having it playing in the background while I was going about my morning stuff. It, it really is beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate you supporting us and liking it. Yeah. So, all right, let's get it into the meat stuff. I just, I just wanted to meat. talk about that really quick first. No, yes. that's cool. So what brought you to a meat-based lifestyle and when was that? So I'm going on my third year carnivore mostly because the main reason I wanted to go over to a more strict diet than keto, because I had started my whole year my whole five-year journey has been um, two years on keto and three years on mostly carnivore. So what brought me to it was I did not want to stay on high blood pressure medicine. That was my main reason for switching over to carnivore after keto. I had lost some weight on keto. I love keto. And I just want to remember, and I just want to remind everybody out there who's listening, carnivore is keto. And I talk about that on my channel a lot because I think people think it's two different things. And it's just keto 2.0 or a stricter, more clean version of a low carb diet. And I think a lot of people haven't heard about it before or just heard about it, think it's some other thing. And it's really the same principles as a keto diet where you're healing all of your troubles first before being able to kind of drop that weight if that's um, your goal. But high blood pressure medicine, I didn't want to be on it anymore. And I started looking at how can I do this without, um, how can I do this naturally with just the foundation up? Meaning um, I feel like a lot of our problems that we have, especially medical problems, health problems, of course, are based um, first in what we put in our bodies. And I, I, I really don't think this is known yet. I think it's more of a modern realization that it starts there as the foundation. What are you putting in your body first? And I'm finally, after five years, starting to realize how true this is, especially on carnivore. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's, it's funny because it is a modern realization like, Oh, it actually matters what we put in our mouth, but it's ancient wisdom. It really is. Cause a long time ago, everybody knew that everybody knew, you know, know, you need to eat good. Um, but yeah, now no. it's kind of seen as like this on the fringe thing. Like, Oh, you think you're going to heal yourself by eating different stuff? Like, yeah, heck yeah. I am. <laughs> It's like we've forgotten, you know, and I think Ken Berry, uh, I love Dr. Berry. What's up, Dr. Berry? I hope you watch this, but, and Nisha, but he, I think he was the one who made me realize they will take in animals like um, farm animals and things like that, or just pets. Um, and they'll ask the pet owner, what are you been feeding him? Especially on, on farms, I think he said. You know, when there's something wrong with a cow or something, what have you been feeding this cow, for example? And not once, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
Alyssa, has a doctor ever asked me, not even once, what are you eating? Never. Yeah. Yeah. And because I, I had the same thing going on with my, I had really high blood pressure. And when I found out that, oh, I can eat meat and not have an issue with this, it, I was really angry for a while because I had seen doctors and that should have been the first thing. I mean, I, I would hope in the future, the first thing, if someone has elevated blood pressure, they say, Hey, start cutting out the carbs. That's the first thing you should do to, to try to fix this. But it was years of poorly controlled high blood pressure because medicine was not effective for me. And lo and behold, it was, it was meat. I feel like we have a secret. Like, of course I want to shout yeah. it from the rooftops and you know, on love style, I talk about all this stuff and I love what you're doing here. And, um, it's not a secret. It's old wisdom, like you said, and we've forgotten who we are, not to get too deep, but like we really, really have. And if you look at it, we are animals. We are human animals. We are not so different from animals and watching. Uh, I've been watching like this is off the topic, but on the topic, I've been watching a lot of um, National Geographic shows and nature shows. I'm trying to get into my nature vibe, which has not been me. I have to be honest for the last several years. Like I was never really super into nature, but now I'm trying to get my nature on and we're doing the hikes. And yesterday we went for a beautiful hike and I'm really trying to tune in. And when you watch these shows about animals, they inherently know what I think we inherently know what our body needs. And mm -hmm. it makes it easier when you watch animal shows, how simple this actually is and can be, and maybe has been hidden from us. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, it's super simple. It may not be easy when you're coming from, you know, the standard American way of living, but it's super simple, you know, and, uh, I really wish pe more people knew about it. So before coming to keto, um, were you pretty much just doing the standard American diet? I was, except for, I was including a very, very important staple for myself in my diet, which was alcohol. And okay. I, yeah, I drank for 30 years and Alcohol was part of my diet and I have not seen a diet yet that tells you to add alcohol, but that's what I was doing. I didn't eat horribly as far as the food went, but including the alcohol as a regimen, as a, a way to cope nightly, a few times a week, even if I just drank on the weekends for periods of time, it stays in your body. It's toxic. And people don't really want to hear this because, of course, some people might still think they need it. And that's fine. But some of us, like myself, I was an alcoholic. I could not have one drink. Alyssa, I could not have one drink. I never have been able to understand the whole concept of one drink or even, you know, have one drink. It always had to be 
four to six or, you know, what's the point? So I don't think I ate that bad. I was on a standard American diet, though. I had bread. I had packaged foods. I did not have the information that I have now, the knowledge that I have now about nutrition. I like to say I'm a health enthusiast or a nutrition enthusiast because I'm no expert, of course, and I'm learning all of the things to do and not to do. Still make mistakes every single day. But adding alcohol to a diet, even a doctor who doesn't know much about nutrition would tell you that's bad. And we all know it's bad. But um, I know a lot of people get triggered when I talk about alcohol because I think it's very, very socially acceptable to add alcohol to your diet. But I don't think it's recommended. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just as socially acceptable as, you know, drowning your troubles in sugar also. Yeah, so, very similar. So, yeah, definitely people can get triggered because it's like no nobody wants to hear like that they're doing something wrong or feel like somebody is saying they're doing something wrong. But sharing your story and you know, letting people know like your, your whole journey with that. I think that is powerful. Like whether somebody wants to hear it or not, maybe they need to hear it. You know, there might be somebody listening. That's like, well, I'm carnivore, but I, you know, I still have my whiskey. I still have my vodka gin, whatever. Um, and this is fine, but it's, it, 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 it is unhealthy. Um, like, I don't know if you've listened to nutrition with Judy podcast, but, um, she was talking about some, some clients she's had and they're strict carnivore and she's looking at their labs and you would have thought they're eating like a loaf of bread every day. And she just couldn't figure out what's going on. Come to find out they're having a couple of drinks, a a couple of glasses of wine every night. And it was just that, you know, that, that was keeping their health from, from improving It's so crazy because like the first thing on a low carb diet, of course, is get rid of sugar, but then alcohol is not even really talked about. It's like a taboo topic. Like you said, no one wants to hear it. So I feel like if you're going to take fermented sugar and make it as a part of your diet in a concentrated couple ounces of a drink, you might as well be eating a cake. Mm Mm-hmm. Or a piece of cake or, you know, we don't really understand. I don't think what it does. I don't think anyone understands what alcohol really does to the rest of our body. We have a clue about what it does to the liver. And that's always talked about. But we don't talk about how it affects our moods all that much. I just feel like it's only um, if you're an AA or something like that, and which I've never been to AA. I, I did it on my own through nutrition, but um, it was a decision that I made. I was very, very adamant about that decision. But I don't think it's talked about much. What else it does to the rest of your body? I mean, the toxins stay in your tissue, in your tissue for years. And I just found this out. I have a lot more research to do mm-hmm. about the alcohol, but um, in your tissue and inflammation and things like that, and even brain function. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so 
was your decision to give up alcohol? Was that at the same time when you found keto? Yes, I did it all at once. So I gave up alcohol with sugar, which was, you know, triple quadruple sugar in my eyes. It's all sugar. So um, I actually think that keto helped me stay off alcohol and carnivore helped me stay off alcohol even more so, which is another way that I, I actually think, and I'm going to be bold when I say this, I think carnivore particularly can heal an alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have heard that before that, you know, people with all types of addictions that coming to this way of eating something about it, something going on in the brain, you're not, you're, you're not tied down to those things anymore. I know that for me, giving up alcohol, um, not smoking weed anymore, that wasn't something that I was like, you know, like thinking about, oh, I need to do this and not do that ever again in life. But coming to a low carb way of eating, it was like, I did not, I didn't think about those things. I didn't want them. I didn't need them in my life because life became sweet, you know, by itself. I wanted to be right here living this life in this body. And I didn't want to escape from, from anything. Oh my God. I love, I love what you just said. I got a chill when you said life became sweet. I got a chill when you said that. Cause I know what you're talking about. It's like, you don't want, I don't want to say the sins of your past, but the sins of your past, it's like you become almost reborn, like a new person. You be to anybody who's listening, you become a new person when you get the toxins out of your body and go keto or go carnivore. And like, for me, I don't even do hundred percent carnivore and I hope you don't kick me off the show, but um, of course not. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I do a 90% carnivore, which means, you know, guys, I said, whoever's listening, you don't have to be perfect to be a carnivore. You could use the principles that we talk about that Alyssa and I are talking about where you become maybe your old self again. Maybe you've lost your old self, your better self, a better version of yourself and become aware of all these things. When you start to cut them out, you don't want it. You don't want them anymore. Like the alcohol, like you're saying, like you had no desire even for the weed, you know, and I've been there too. Haven't touched either of them for five years because keto helps. And then carnivore helped even more, but you become very, very, I don't want to say enlightened, but on the way for sure. Yeah. Did you have any issues adapting, um, cutting all all of that out and jumping into keto? Um, Not really. Uh, A little bit of, I think when you're starting low carb, if you've never had, if you've never been on a low carb diet before, like I had not because of course the alcohol, even if I was eating well, salads and things like that, which, you know, back then we thought that was eating well, Um, which it's okay. And I'm sure we'll talk about it. But when you cut out everything kind of like I did, I think there is like, oh, man, at first, you're like, this is hard. Only because 
how far I had let my body be abused before that. And even taking like Tylenol PM for years and thinking that that's just a way to go to sleep or Advil over the counter meds. No one even talks about that either. Over the counter meds might be worse than mm. prescription meds. And this stuff, you know, adds up in your liver and, and it does, it stays in your body for years. And so it depends on how badly I think you've abused your body before going low carb. That will determine how hard it is to make that transition. So for myself with the alcohol, it was a little bit hard at first, but I want to say only like maybe a couple weeks, three weeks tops. And then I'm like, okay, this is how it's going to be. I got to add more water. I have to make sure I have my pink salt. I have to make sure I move my body. You know, I have to make sure I get seven hours of sleep at least, or six and a half or something like that. But I really loved it. I really loved it because I, I was at that time, I think I was ready. I do think maybe you have to be ready to go in this because a lot of people, I feel like they go low carb just to lose weight. But I wanted to lose weight. Of course, I had gained like 50 pounds very quickly. And I wanted to lose weight, but um, I wanted to heal my high blood pressure first and foremost. And I did mix intermittent fasting in with that right away and have always included intermittent fasting every single day since five years ago. So that helped a lot. Okay. Um, and then did you, so did you gradually make the transition into a really meat heavy version of keto, mostly meat? So I did two years keto, which was like moderate amounts of meat, but a lot of vegetables. So mm -hmm. I followed Dr. Berg, who I still think is great. Check out Dr. Berg if you guys haven't, especially if you're just starting keto. But Dr. Berg was, he's big on the seven to 10 cups of greens, of vegetables. So I implemented that with keto. So I was going kind of vegetable heavy during the first two years, which were keto. When mm -hmm. I still found that I had high blood pressure, it would come and go. It was weird. It was still in my life. It was still a concern. I was like, okay, I have to go more extreme. I started even fasting, um, doing extended fasts, which is an experiment. I don't mind experimenting on myself at all, especially if it's going to help somebody else. So, and I can be extreme in, in my views on things. Of course, us carnivores, we're not afraid of extremes. But um, it was wanting to go even more strict because I think I was getting carried away with the vegetables. And I also think I was getting carried away on keto with making all the faux desserts. I became food obsessed on keto. I can tell you for a fact, I was food obsessed. I would be working because I work a nine to five and I would be watching recipe videos What's up, Keto Connect? They're awesome. Um, but I think I became like obsessed with these recipes. And I know you're smiling because you probably did the same thing. <laughs> and oh, becoming yeah. food obsessed and trying to make them like the real deal. And I still have fun with that. But when you're on carnivore, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. It is just so easy to live and you don't have to even 
talk about food. You don't have to worry about food. My husband will say, well, what do you want to have for dinner tonight? It's just like, it doesn't matter. It's going to be meat and it's going to be butter. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's just going to be a meal. It's like it, it becomes, food becomes, food becomes when you're on carnivore, food becomes very much not important. And, and I don't mistake me when I say not important. It's the most important thing because it has the most nutrient density when it is meat. But um, concentrating on it, worrying about what you're going to have, like those thoughts leave your mind. You have so much time now to do other things, no dishes and stuff. I mean, it's just so freeing. It's just so liberating. I just love it. I just love this way of eating so effing much that it kills me because I want to take everyone and shake them. And especially people in your family when they, they don't get it or your friends. I just yeah. want to go, you're doing it wrong. You're doing mm -hmm. it wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Halloween's coming up and maybe this is why it's been on my mind, but it's like Andy. being in a scary movie. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, oh, I feel yeah. like I'm in a, in a scary movie and I'm trying to tell everybody, look, the monster's coming. You got to come with me. Huh? And you're going to, you know, and everybody's like, what? No. Like, get out fine. of the house. Yeah. When they don't leave. <laughs> oh, man. I know yes. what you're talking about. Oh. Yes. Um, Can I ask you something, sorry. Alyssa? Yes, absolutely. Have you found it the hardest? First, I want to say the hardest part about being on carnivore is trying not to convince other people, not trying to convince other people, trying not to like my mom, like my dad, like people in my family who are on seven, 10 medications and I have to keep it inside. I'm a big mouth by nature. Hopefully, you know, you can okay. tell or whatever, but but keeping it to myself is the hardest part about being on the diet. Not even the food. The food's the easy part. The hard part is not convincing other people. I want to, though. You know, I got to say it. Yeah, it, it is hard to see someone struggling with a condition you know. You know, maybe it won't be cured by carnivore, but it'll be a whole lot better than it is with what they've got going on now it is really hard not to just like come here get this steak in your <laughs> but um yeah it's because I don't want to I don't want to come off like oh well I know better than everybody and all of this and you do though so I, I just yeah maybe <laughs> so I've, I've just kind of resulted to you know saying well they know that I was struggling like for real a while ago and that they must see me getting better and better and better and stronger and more healthier the more time goes on. And so some people right. are getting more curious, more open to it. I, I've had some people laugh at the idea, you know, early on or, you know, just be like, that's ridiculous. And some people are, you're going to you know, get a heart attack. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. At um, work. Uh, like I have a, I have a, I have a 
a meat heels sticker on the back of my car. And so my husband was awesome. driving my car. Yeah, I, I had to get it. When I started getting those I saw your shirts blood too. pressure readings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I started getting those healthy blood pressure readings, I was like, I got to let the world know I need a billboard on the back of my car. I need to put this. So at least somebody, you know, they're going through something, they might see it and be like, Hmm, what's that about? And Google it and maybe go on some journey. But I had, my husband was driving his car to work, um, my car to work. And someone saw it and was like, meet Hills, huh? You know, What's that paid for Hormel or who paid for that Hormel, the meat industry, you know, that's stupid. Um, yeah. (laughs) And this person, you know, he has terrible, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. He's got terrible type two diabetes and, you know, and he's like, you know, and I was like, well, Dylan, did you tell him he should try it out? They would really help him. He's like, no, he doesn't want to listen. Um, but you know, some time went on and I think that planted a seed and he, he told me, cause I saw him later on and he told me, Hey, I've been going to Burger King and getting just the burgers and, um, yeah. Wow, and I that. so I don't know if he'll stick to it, but his insurance actually paid for a continuous glucose monitor for him. So I'm sure, you know, during that time he could see, all right, when I'm eating these burgers, I'm a lot better off than when I'm having smoothies for breakfast. So. Wow. What a story. (laughs) I love stories like this because, um, like we can only show by example, like you were saying. Yeah. And then, but it, what I hate is it takes so much time. Let me rephrase that guys. It doesn't take a lot of time, but it takes so much time, I think, for someone else to sort of, I don't want to say tell you you were right, but I don't think people like telling other people they were right. It's an ego mm-hmm. thing. And I even think it's a, a mind F. The whole thing, the whole diet industry, the whole restriction, the whole psychology of eating Let's be honest, there's a lot of psychology involved. It's emotions. We are basing Mm -hmm. every single thing that we, just about every single thing we eat on emotions. And this guy that you were just talking about with with your husband, I think men are a little bit less apt to say, you should do this than women. We, We can be bossier. I think we're more comfortable as mothers and wives. That's what we do. We know better, right? But um, men won't do that to each other. If you notice, they, they're less apt to butt in. We're more apt to insert ourselves at, as a gender. And maybe this is overstepping my boundaries, but I have noticed this, that we are more bold in our opinions, women. And so especially mm-hmm. if, it's a, if it's even even if it's a male talking to me, I have friends at work that are males that are great and everything, but like, there's been touchy conversations that I have to back out of very, very carefully because I know the psychology and I know what's coming up. Oh, you're going to have a heart attack. You can't eat that much meat, you know, uh, cholesterol and all of the myths 
that we were all the all the confusion yeah. we were taught. It's it's really screwed us up as a society and coming back from that it is very very challenging. Luckily there's people like you and myself go watch Love Style guys too if you haven't and Ken Berry and uh, Carnivore Yogi has a lot of facts. Facts that I wouldn't take the time to find out. I mean, she knows her stuff too. And there's so many, I want to say, carnivore gurus out there. And like Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, the smartest guys on the planet right now already know this. Mm -hmm. They know carnivore is great. They've talked about it. They have shows about it. And it takes people like that, especially getting to the man thing for a minute, um, males, they're more factual in nature. We're more uh, opinionated and you got to try this, a woman, you know. But when Jordan Peterson comes out and he's an intellectual, comes out and Michaela Peterson, his, his daughter, is she's getting huge. She's the biggest carnivore speech for us right now. She's the biggest promoter I think mm-hmm. we have. Would you say that's right? Yes. Well, because I feel like her, she has her podcast and on that platform, she's not just talking about meat. She's talking about so many very, very important issues. But, you know, anybody who knows her knows that she wouldn't have been able to do any of this if it hadn't been her with for her um carnivore yeah. journey and the lion diet and she is passionate about that if anybody brings it up you know she'll be quick to tell them like oh meat's great actually <laughs> can you believe what she's been through i mean i can't say i've even experienced uh an iota of that trouble she had and she like lived a very very suffering kind of life And this is the only thing she's been on every med there was to try to fix all of her problems. And she is completely, I think, just about cured with just eating meat. Mm -hmm. Who would have thought? Yeah. We're so lucky. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) it's amazing. And I remember when I was first you know, experiencing that healing with my blood pressure, it really seemed like a miracle. It seemed like something miraculous. It shouldn't be happening. But the more I learn, the more I'm like, well, it's not a miracle. This is just how things work, you know, and, and everybody can experience this healing. It's not, it's not exclusive to just a few lucky people. You know, it it can happen for anybody. And it's not even exclusive to people who are, I don't want to say deathly sick, but mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's for all of us, it's actually, a sh- I call it a shortcut for the weight loss yeah. thing. And I know um, a lot of carnivores don't like to weigh themselves because of the muscle and the density of the bone gets thicker and the blood volume can, can make the scale funny. You guys don't have to use mm-hmm. the scale. Um, and I kind of stay away from scale to be honest, but the, the way your body looks, completely changes. I have never seen cellulite disappear so quickly. And I've worked out. I've done the little diet, the diets, you know, the diets we've all tried and they don't last. This is the only thing besides keto that lasts because I consider carnivore is keto 2.0. Anyway, I prefer the shortcut. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to just do the meat and eggs and a little cheese most of the time. And again, like I was saying, like, 
I have real pizza once in a while. And I have like a real ice cream, mm. hopefully from like a homemade dairy place, not the package okay. type, but I don't restrict like some carnivores do. And I still don't know if I'm part of the club because of that, but I'm very honest about it, especially on my channel, 90%. So every 10th time I eat, mm -hmm. there might be some Brussels sprouts in there, or I'll have some honey or dark chocolate. And I do drink coffee every day too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I feel like it's not like being a vegan that it's like, Oh, you had a piece of chicken. You're, you're not vegan anymore. You never were. And we're going to cry. I'll cry about it. Um, I mean, cause you know, but, um, that's really interesting. So when, when you do have those other things, do you notice any, any ill effects? Um, like I know my husband, when he did carnivore for a while, he had a piece of pizza all of a sudden and he had this terrible headache, like immediately from, from the carbs in it. Do you ever experience anything like that? Yes. Yes. Um, I have experienced from the degrees of one degree to 10 degrees or a hundred degrees um, and everything in between, because I kind of, like I was saying before, I kind of like to experiment. I'm kind of weird. And I would rather exper experiment on myself and tell you what happens than tell everyone to just eat meat. And if you have mm -hmm. an apple, watch out. Like, But so to answer your question, I have experienced everything from getting itchy after eating something from a package from being mostly carnivore and then eating something bad, um, I, I would get itchy right away. So that was uh, something that's happened to me a couple of times. So it's mostly packaged foods, not even like a real pizza, even though it has gluten at a real pizza place will do that to me with the itching that mm. I feel like that is in uh, bad ingredients for packaged foods that do that. But um, yes, I've had gastrointestinal issues where you have to run to the bathroom. And mm. um, it is definitely a risk if you are going to have a cheat. But I feel like you should try to ease into those cheats, like an apple, for example, won't do anything to me if I eat an apple or fruit. Uh, but I will retain water for two days. If I take Advil, I know I'm going to retain water for two days. Without a doubt, if I have uh, real ice cream, I, I expect to look puffier. My face doesn't look as young when I have something off plan. I'll get like a little flaky. Like I, I ate something the other day and I got like a little patch right here. And mm. um, so I think everyone's different when it comes to this. I think it depends on, like we were saying earlier, how have you abused your body up until now? How are you going to handle the adaptation to so extreme from what you came from? Or can you handle it better? Now, I have a handle now on my, my own body where I can kind of tell what I can get away with, what I can't. So, so I'll give you an example. Last night, we had um, gone to the um, farmer's market because it's about to end because of the season. And I was like, oh, we haven't gone to the farmer's market. Now, I, I don't eat vegetables. So like, why would I go, right? 
but they do have meat and, and fresh eggs there and stuff like that. But I love big tomatoes. Like I'm not going to not have a $5 tomato, which I thought was expensive from the farmer's market because it's out of season after that, because I'm a carnivore, I'm not going to not love what I love and um, put restrictions on myself too heavily if I want a damn tomato. So that's like an example. Mm-hmm. Now, it didn't do anything bad to me. And if I would have kept going and eating other things off plan, I'm sure I would have had either a headache. That is a big one too, that I've, I've experienced like your husband and um, ingredients to me are the worst packaged foods. If you're going to cheat, have something homemade, even if it's got mm-hmm. white flour in it, if it's homemade, I feel like it's like, like from a, like a, like a fancy restaurant or something like that, where it's made, it's not a Franken food where it's meant to be on the shelf for three years. I feel like that's a better choice, but I've definitely experienced ups and downs from trying different things that were off plan for sure. That is a Mm -hmm. risk. And you'll have to tweak that on a personal level. I feel like everybody finally figures out how to tweak it for themselves. You know, I, I think that, you know, there's no, honestly, I feel like there's no wrong way to do a meat based diet, carnivore diet. The only rule is eat a bunch of meat, you know, eat mostly meat. Um, And I think that's, that's a really healthy approach you take. Cause I feel like some people, it can be too much for them to feel like I've got to be perfect a hundred percent of the time. And if I'm not, everything's lost. I'm never going to fix my high blood pressure. You know, it's all down the drain. Um, and then, but I do think that people just starting off, they should give it some time seeing what strict carnivore feels like. Um, Cause I know that for me, I was the type of person, if I had one Oreo, I was going to have all the Oreos, you know, and I don't feel like that would be me now. I feel like I, I've had, I have a handle on this. I know that meat makes me feel good and I want to keep feeling good. And it wouldn't be a struggle, you know, if I had an Oreo, not that I'm going to have one, but to, to not eat the whole bag. Um, but like this morning I made my kids a uh, banana bread with coconut flour. Um, and so I wanted to taste a little bit, see how it turned out and had put sure. any sugar in it. You know, I was wondering, am I going to give them this nasty prison food, <laughs> mushy banana bread, you know, or is it going to be good? So I had a little piece and I was like, okay, yeah, that, that tastes good. It's sweet. But I remember in the past, if I had had that little bite, I would have wanted to eat the whole loaf. And it was amazing to see that's not me anymore. You know, I can have a little taste of something and move on about my business and not be obsessing over it and thinking about, Oh, if I could just get one more little taste, you know, (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. Yesterday when we went to that um, farmer's market, it's, it's in a cute little downtown area here in Tennessee. And there's one of those candy stores, like the nostalgic candy stores that has everything from your childhood and beyond and candy from different uh, countries in there. And in the past, I would have just been like, oh my God, I am getting this and I'm getting this. And I'm getting, when I was on the standard American diet, 
because I used to love like Sour Patch Kids. I could eat definitely a whole pack. Like you were just saying, one Oreo is just mm-hmm. like, uh. and if, you know, Oreos are damn good. I'm just going to throw that out there. They are good. <laughs> they are good. But, um, you know, if we think about our little cravings that we have, I swear they are, it's a psychological thing coming back to this. It's an emotional event to eat an Oreo. I know for a fact why I like certain candy, certain foods, uh, Doritos, Oreos. I swear it stems from your original time of tasting it when you were a child and you may have been at a party or a sleepover or it's summer and you're running around 4th of July with your family having a great time. I feel like in the back of our mind subconsciously that that Oreo brings you back, whether you know it or not, to a time when you were a child, you didn't have to worry about this stuff. When you were maybe really super happy, I swear it's tied to memories. I can't really prove it, but I, mm-hmm. I really feel like almost all of these foods that we have a problem with where we can't just have one, kind of like the drink thing for me, it's tied to a memory. It's a psychological mm-hmm. thing. I, I, I really think so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely agree. There's, there's something there that, um, and a little funny story. I was thinking about that and I was like, well, I want my kids to find comfort in healthy foods. So, you know, when they would, when my son, he would get hurt or something, I'd never be like, oh, you're crying here. Have a, have a cookie or have a piece of candy. But yeah, but recently I have kind of shoved a piece of meat in his, in his face and be like, here, have a little piece of steak. It's okay. Have a piece of bacon. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's funny. <laughs> and that's another thing yeah. that you bring up a real, you bring up an amazing point where, yeah, when you hurt yourself as a kid or, or even if you did something good, you get rewarded with food. I think first it was maybe easily available. I never even thought about that part. That is so great. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, okay. So what about carnivore comfort food? If you're going to have a piece of meat that it's a total splurge, what is your favorite thing to have? Total splurge. You, you're going to think that I'm going to say ribeye, but I'm going to say something that every carnivore listening is going to hate. Ribeyes are overrated, people. I like a chuck eye. The cheaper steak, it's like a quarter of the price. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, it's so good. Yeah, you know, you're right. Probably this is episode 24, and I ask everyone this question, and I would say at least three quarters of people say ribeye some, some type of ribeye, but yeah, that is, that is a first Chuck. eye. okay, good. Um, I love being the first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Chuck, I, I, I love, I love all the cuts and that is tasty. I remember when I was first, um, starting carnivore and I just needed to have meat on hand and Chuck, I was cheaper and that was really delicious to have you know my little chuck eye all to myself um yeah and uh, i also 
Yeah. I also like um, pork ribs as a sort of, and that's what I'm having tonight because I wanted something special because it's the weekend. And so I didn't want to, you know, cheat on my diet. So I was like, let me get something that I, that I particularly don't have that much, but that I think of as decadent, which is pork ribs with all that fat. I love a lot of fat. I know not everyone can Mm. eat a ton of fat, but oh man. And you can do a barbecue sauce with honey. A lot of carnivores eat honey. I'm still experimenting. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. how I feel about it. How do you feel about honey? You know, I, I feel like it's controversial has to, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it's technically a carnivore food because it's bee vomit, but, (laughs) (laughs) but if someone is trying to be low, low carb, then, Mm. you know, and get as close to zero carbs as possible, then obviously honey probably wouldn't fit in there. And then I do think some people like it depends on the person. Some people okay. just can't have any because if they have a little, they'll have a whole lot. They want more. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. feel like it depends on the person and their background and and all of that. But I wouldn't shun someone for having honey. I, I hate I hate that when I see on social media, someone might post a picture of something with some honey or some fruit or something. And you got somebody in the comments trying to make them feel bad about it. And all I can think of, you don't know this person, you don't know their journey. You don't know what stage they're in. You don't know, you don't know anything about them. So keep your eyes on your own plate, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I like that. Keep your eyes on your own plate. And that's why you and I especially don't push it on people because if someone would have told me when I was in my thirties, you're drinking too much. You're going to end up being fat. You're going to end up Mm. having high blood pressure. If you keep eating those Doritos or the ice cream at night or whatever I was doing, I used to drink Fanta and ginger ale. I had no idea about soda. Gosh, we didn't even talk about that. But um, if someone would have told me that in my twenties or thirties, I'd be like, listen, worry about your own stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, I remember there was a time I did not drink water. It was all about Mountain Dew and vanilla Coke and pineapple Fanta. And it's wild to think like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch that stuff now, but I mean, that was, and and I would have, I would have thought someone was, I don't know. I would have been like, get off my case. You know, if you're trying to take that stuff away from me, but you know, back then. um, Yeah. You don't want to hear it. Everybody has their own. Yeah. And and I feel like everybody, you know, if it's meant to be, they're going to like, I I found my way to carnivore somehow by the grace of God, I have found Mm. myself from where I was to where I am now through a series of seeds planted along the way and my willingness to be better and actually live. So I, I, I have to look at people and say, okay, if it's meant to be, they'll find their way. They will. And here I am a little seed planting a little seed and, and I hope I can only hope the best for them. Yeah. That sounded very poetic. What you said just there, you might want to re-listen to that. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love thank it. You. Yeah. Um, thank you. 
Um, okay. So we talked about your, uh, filling your house pressure and what about mm-hmm. some other benefits? Like you had quite a bit of weight loss. Yeah. So I lost 55 pounds and I, that's always at the, I feel like the end of my list of things that I love about carnivore or mostly carnivore. Um, yeah. So I don't think that that's a big deal because I'm not at my goal weight yet. I still have to lose like 30 more pounds, but I love that I can sustain it. No one talks about the sustaining. Mm. I watch so many people, especially in like the workplace. So I work in, I won't say where I work, but I work in a place where there's a lot of people around and I watch the people who lose weight very, very quickly. And you know, those people, and they'll look at us like, well, you guys look good, but it, you didn't really lose that much weight so fast. Well, it isn't about fast. It's about keeping it off. And mm-hmm. I've not gained it back. So I'm proud of that. Yes, in five years, I've only lost 55. That's not fast weight loss to some. But the ones who lose it too fast, gain it back. I'm so sorry to, to, to say this. And I'm just going to come out there and say, you guys gain it back. And then when you find that the people who don't gain it back, they're actually teaching themselves nutrition. They're studying this like we do. Mm -hmm. They're learning something every single day. They didn't know the day before and practicing it. And they're implementing exercise, at least mildly. And they're implementing sleep, salt, water, um, good practices, meditation. I can meditate now for like five minutes and focus and things like that. Mm. But some other things besides weight loss that I think is very important to mention, Alyssa, is I have had an increase in my sex drive, another taboo topic that I don't see mentioned that, you know, (laughs) is something that happens to us. And I'm very excited because I'm 50, you know, and like women, and I talk about this on the channel uh, here and there, I, I, I pepper it in. And, and just kind of see if anyone's interested, but like women, we, okay. Like without getting too weird, we're already aloof about the whole thing. Most of the time. Anyway, let's be real after like 32. Mm. So, and I hope, and I hope I'm wrong about that, but let's just, let's just generalize for a minute and say, we're aloof about the whole <laughs> thing in the first place. And we have hormone imbalances that come and go and children and, and jobs. And we want to do it all right. We want to be perfect. And we want to be great wives for our husbands and so on and so forth. We want to do it all, especially a modern woman in today's mm-hmm. society. But sex is not first on our list sometimes. It's kind of like, oh, okay. We're not men. So we don't have, as I guess, my, I don't know my facts with this, but we don't have that drive that men have naturally. So it starts to go away when you get older. And when you start eating more meat and eggs and butter and bacon in your life, maybe a little cheese, like, like I do, cause I love cheese and cottage cheese and cream cheese and sour cream. And your sex drive comes back because of that. How damn exciting is this? I mean, doctors don't even know this. <laughs> I mean, it comes yes. back, you know? Yeah. And I'm so happy you brought this up because I was waiting for somebody for me to interview somebody and then bring it up. And I didn't want to ask somebody like, hey, well, how's your libido? But <laughs> how do you yes. bring it up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's almost like yeah. being in your 20s. 
for me yeah. anyway. Yeah. Which is always I, um, nice. I experienced, I experienced uh, like chronic health conditions in my twenties. So okay. I lost, a, I mean, I, yeah, I, I lost sex drive. I had high blood pressure. I was, uh, yeah. you know, having neuropathy in my feet, you know, all these things going on. Oh. But I mean, I feel like I'm supposed to feel in my twenties now. And this is a, this is, it's a whole new, whole new world. So it That's really nice. is, really is awesome. And I, I really like that you said this because if I say this to a woman, like, oh, it helped your sex drive or, you know, whatever, whatever, they look at me being 28 and they're like, well, you don't have, well, you wouldn't understand. Anyways. Yeah. Sorry. And, 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 um, but you know, to, to, for you to say that, cause I want mm -hmm. women to listen to this. And if there's someone out there and it's like, I haven't yeah. been able to have desire for my husband in years and I've pushing him away um to know that that's a thing i'm i'm so it's happy a huge you brought thing. that up yeah it's a huge thing and like yeah. if we put the if we put the the sex talk aside for a minute or the sex drive because it triggers people who are listening when you have those um nutrients back in your body to make it function correctly you get the the pink in the cheeks like you had when you had your sex drive in your 20s and you get you know, your wrinkles start to fade and you get more collagen production in your body. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all looking for these products to put on our skin when we're older, especially to, to replace the collagen. Well, from what I know, it, it, it doesn't work like that. And people are getting Botox mm -hmm. young now, young now. Um, yeah. And the sex drive, the collagen, the youngness, the youthfulness that comes back when you eat meat first, eggs second, and choose your dairy for third if you want, is absolutely mind-boggling. Like reverse aging here, people. Forget the collagen products that are 75 bucks for a little one like this that goes on top. It has to come from within. So then you get you get the blush back in your cheeks and people's gosh, I haven't seen you in 10 years, Misty. You look younger than when I saw you 10 years ago. I mean, who, what woman or even person, what man doesn't want to hear that? So the collagen production comes from inside. What, and then that has to do with the whole reverse aging thing that happens when you eat meat. I mean, how, we're so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all of those, all of those hormones are optimized, you know, the, the way you're feeling, you know, ready to be intimate again. And, you know, all of the anti-aging benefits it's because our, our female hormones, they're, they're being optimized in the process of feeding our bodies what they need. Yeah. And they've been depleted over the years from the alcohol, the stress, the working too much and not getting enough mm -hmm. sleep. Um, all of the packaged foods we thought we could eat, all of the soda we've drank, uh, whether it be diet or yeah. regular soda. Diet is just as bad as regular soda, in my opinion. That's another controversial topic, but we don't have to go into it. But mm -hmm. check out, you know, check out diet soda <laughs> because I don't think they know much about it yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, Misty? I feel like we could talk all day. <laughs> we totally could. 
you we totally could yeah you, it's been a lot of fun talking today i'm just about out of time i've got someone coming over i've got a client i got to train them in a little bit but i have okay. one more question i wanted to ask you what sure. advice would you give to someone um just starting out on a health journey like how you did five years ago if you are just starting out on your health journey first of all watch Alyssa's show carnivore stories and watch ken berry ken berry is the king watch love style if you like my style and i talk a lot about a different a lot about a lot of different things on there but um Educate yourself. We have at our fingertips all of the information in today's day and age. They didn't have it back then, our parents. That's why they're all on meds. Today, mm -hmm. we as modern children have everything we need at our fingertips, literally on a phone that can teach us anything we want to know. And even though there's not a lot of information about carnivore yet more uh, there's not as much as i would like our personal stories like on this podcast are real and we're living it and i have gained a new perspective on my life i value every single day that i'm alive now when i was drinking i can't say that i valued it that much if you want to heal from the inside out which makes much more sense because it will be life-lasting. Try eating meat first, a good, decent amount of meat every single day. You can include eggs if you want. You can have some vegetables if you want. Stay away from packaged foods. If you like fruit because you want a little sweet taste on the tongue, that's much better than a packaged food candy or some crap. So this is very doable. We are living proof that it works. And I can't say enough awesome things about the carnivore diet. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Misty. It was an absolute joy having you on the show today. You definitely brightened up my Sunday even more. Um, Great. And have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And I really want to have you on the show again. We have more to talk about or we're just out of time. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And thanks for listening to our music, Black Eyed Soul. Yeah. And love style. That's it for today. Until next time, stay meaty, stay strong, and stay inspired. Do you have a carnivore story to tell? Connect with me on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S Grubbs, G-R-U-B-S. I would love to interview you. And the world needs to hear your story and how meat heals. Thanks so much for watching and all your support. Bye-bye till next time.